Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. All right, we are here with Ben and Brad of Jump Seat. So excited to be here with you guys and really super excited to talk about what's coming down the pike, not only for Baldwin, but the way that your app is taking off. And before I get over to you guys, I just, I want to give a little background on this because it's so cool. So we saw the first notice of it in AIN back in December. And I was talking to Don, who's, who's the president of the company, and we're like, that is extremely cool. So I want to turn it over to you guys, uh, Ben and Brad, I don't know who wants to start, but if you could just uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, Ben Zavidel here, uh, co-founder with Brad on, on Jump Seed, and, you know, really the kind of the aviation geek uh, behind Jump Seat and, and been working aviation basically my entire adult life until until recently, dispatcher by trade, international trip planner for a, a long time, and then converted product manager as of recently, which which kind of helped me with the software side of things, the, the application building side of things, but core of aviation for sure. That's very cool. You have that experience. And we have Brad. Yeah. Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for having no. us on, Jason. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so I'm Brad Deblin. I'm co-founder with Ben for Jump Seat Aviation. And my background, while I'm not you know, born and bred in aviation, I'm definitely an aspiring aviation enthusiast, as I like to call it. <laughs> but I come from the technical side. So product management, technical software development. And that's what kind of really excited me about Jump Seat. Um, there's a lot happening within the aviation space, but this kind of felt like an underserved part of the market that really needed like a technology overhaul. So bringing modern technology, bringing a centralized, real-time, event-driven, um, kind of crowdsourced approach to what we're doing. And that's what really led me here. And that's just what gets me excited every single day about it. And I'm excited to be here and excited about what we have going on with Baldwin. And, and I appreciate you having us on, Jason. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I just, I love the dynamic between the two guys. Before I want to pull the cover back on what exactly all this hoopla is, you guys have known each other for a while. And it goes it, back to middle school, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's awesome. I and mean, it shows, you know, just the, the diligence between you two and the, the work that you two can accomplish together. So let's dive into it. This is so cool. Crowdsourced information about airports. That just blows notums away. But anyway, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let you guys take it. Yeah, that's that's the hope, right? That crowdsourced information can can blow away uh, notams, and that's kind of the whole premise behind Jump Seat. Working aviation as long as I I have working ad hoc trips to airports you don't go to often. You don't have the benefit of having that team on the ground that is there compiling information for you and and distributing it. So we would work with pilots that may not know where they're going next week and they're flying one operation and finding out they're going somewhere else the week following. And you had to rely on basically no TAMs or the contacts you had arranging that flight to give you the information you knew. That didn't always happen. So you had trouble when you hit the ground, you had trouble with your permits, you had trouble with air traffic control. Where this stuff is happening, it's happening to everybody, but given the siloed nature of the aviation industry, you know, holding on to your own secrets, holding on to your own knowledge, it doesn't get out there. For political reasons, I've seen across the world, not all information gets into NOTAMs. So we're hoping that Jumpseat can fill fill those gaps there. That the, As you experience it, you're able to plug it into an app and it's available to everybody. Not filtered through your company, hoping your company distributes it, not posting it on Facebook and hoping it reaches the right people, or even posting on old message boards, 
or conversely posting on old message boards, asking for information and hoping you get it. Uh, Jump seat, we want to be a source of information when, when it happens and people experience it, it goes in the app and it enriches the community. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could do me a favor uh, for older guys like us, though, some of these are new terms. What is crowdsourcing mean and what is the benefit of it or what you guys see the benefit of it? So crowdsourcing to us is is using using the people involved to to compile your information. I think a great comparison would be be ways as a as an app where you crowdsource information from the people on the roads. It's impossible for any one per any one ways employee to jump on the road and cover and and fill the app with that information. So it's relying on the community to do that. I feel if people are willing to do it when they're driving their cars and post to other people that there's a cop sitting on the side of the road, uh, definitely going to do the same for, for the aviation industry. Pilots are kind of that type of character. So crowdsource, think, think ways as a first thought. And, you know, with, without the community, the app is really nothing. So definitely rely on the, on the community for that crowdsource nature. And that, that's cool. So, so if I have this right, like I'm a pilot, I go out there, I see something wonky at the airport, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about wonky here in a second what that means. But then I have a way of submitting this information into a general pool so that it gets back out in context to other flight crews. Is that, is that correct? I think, I think that's exactly the point is, is the moment you see something, you can, you can get it into the app and the entire community is, is hit by it, aware of it. We have some extra controls in the app that you can just display the airports that you might operate to and get display that information. But we have a feed right there in the app that you can kind of watch what's going on real time around, around the world. I think the real time is the big part of it, right? And that's, that's kind of what crowdsourcing gets you. Uh, it's that check and balance of the community to share that information out there. And there's not you know, a lot of bureaucracy and red tape within getting information from point A to point B. And that's really where we come in. And that was kind of the vision of what we wanted Jump Seat to do was if a pilot sees something on the ground, let's get it out there to everybody. Because who knows is the next person coming right after them to land or next person taking off that they could be privy to that information or need to see it. And that was this concept of we don't want to put a lag or you know some lengthy process that needs to go through an official channel up through like a NOTAM per se. And not everything necessarily rises to the level of a NOTAM, but that's where we really wanted to come in because while it may not be important to either governing bodies or a company, it very well could be important to you know the single single pilot that's flying like a single engine, you know, prop plane type of thing. And that's really where we wanted to to hone in on and make sure that information got out there. Yeah, that that is um I, I know from flying on-demand operations, my whole aviation career. I'm going to an airport I didn't even know existed. And to have an app, like you're saying, to find it on the map, click on it, see if there's any input from other pilots, that would have just been huge, especially for some of the pitfalls. I mean, who knew at one of those airports I went to that they're known for stealing the nose gear pin? You know, and and we found out when we got there when we had to buy our same nose gear pin back, but that would have been nice to know. So, so how does this? How does it work? We, we've been talking about what it is. It's crowdsourced, so that means real-time information coming in. We, we've we've hinted or mentioned an app. So let's start from. I go to the Apple Store or the App Place. Take us from there. Yeah. So the user the user is able to download the app from the App Store completely free. And then we have a single sign-on. So right now we we allow the user to sign in with with their Apple or Google credentials. We don't have to store anything. It's kind of a benefit for us privacy to to make sure that we're not actually owners of usernames and passwords. It's no fun. But user gets in with that single sign-in and they're they're right there on the map. So the first the first screen the user is presented is a map. 
it'll scroll to their location. You'll see the dots on the airport, the dots on the map that represent all the airports uh, around the world or in our database. As you scroll in and out, you'll see more and less. We have it dynamically shift to where if you're zoomed all the way out, you're only presented with the big airports. Zoom all the way in, you're presented with everything. That way the map doesn't get super cluttered. From there, you're able to add a report. There's a nice big plus button at the bottom of the screen that you can jump right into that report flow. So anyone who gets the app is basically registered and ready to use, use the app, hit that plus button, type in the category that you're looking at. We have nine categories. Most things fall within that. Not hyper concerned about it being in the right category or not, but most category, most events fall within those. And you can report right there in the app. You know, our, our intention and Brad can speak to it more. Uh, our intention was to make it as simple as possible to get information into this app. So there's no, I think Brad mentioned the red tape, but um, can expand on kind of the philosophy of the, the simplicity of it. Yeah. And, and simplicity was the word that came to mind. I think when you think of, you know, aviation as an industry, it's complex, right? And obviously, rightly, rightfully so, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, there's a lot of steps to processes and checks and balances here. Uh, and we wanted to take a fresh look at what's the easiest way to get information into the app and then shared out to the community. And that really started with really just thinking through of, you know, when a pilot operates, you're at an airport or you just left an airport, you just left somewhere. And you maybe saw something. So we really wanted to try to keep it under four to five steps to get the information you wanted out to the community. And some of those steps are as simple as you're just tapping icons on the app. Um, and like Ben mentioned, we actually geolocate. So it's based off your actual location. And it's you know, narrowed down to as, as close as we can get from a precise location perspective, which is just you know, native functionality. And it was really meant to have plain text, clean understandable, not Greek, not codes, not all of the things you see within, you know, a eight paragraph NOTAM. Um, we really wanted to be simple and to the point. And it didn't, we didn't want it to be this thing where you have to have like a decoder ring scrolling through our global feed, trying to understand, you know, what you're seeing there. We just wanted to be like, oh, it feels really expensive. Oh, you need to call a tanker truck ahead of time. Oh, like all of these things that are just quick, easy to digest for a pilot. And we really wanted to make this the easiest part of doing an operation. And that's kind of the design philosophy that we started with. And I think you can see that in the design of the app and the functionality of how it's used. Uh, and it's one of the core kind of believings of, of what we have when we're adding new functionality or we're talking about new enhancements to deliver to the user. So I think we hit the mark, but again, I'm biased. <laughs> um, and I think you can see that when you're just pulling up the global feed, you don't have to scroll through the map, although it's really cool when I love zooming in and out and seeing the different airport sizes. You can just open the global feed and see what's happening around the world. We're global. We have users in over, I think, 95 countries now. And so there's, there's no shortage of information or, or kind of where our, where our reach is. So, so to be honest, I, I have looked at the app. It, it is, it's beautiful. I mean, it is really well done. Uh, I want to tell the audience that it's Thanks. really nice and really nice to interface with. Uh, well done. So I can, anywhere in the world, uh, look for a red dot, look for my airport, click on it, and then I can have crowdsourced information from other people that have been there, have experienced it. And you said categories. I think it was FBO. Is that one of them? Ground handling, yeah. Ground yeah, handling, yeah. So I can see if there's any issues that maybe have an operational or even a safety impact. So I guess to my operation is the best way to say it, just by using the jump seat platform. And so mm -hmm. the one question I wanted to ask, though, is we, we talked about you guys say no TAMs. That's so that's so formal. I love it. I just say no to them. I must have been saying it wrong for 20 years. But um, how does jump seat fill that gap? Yeah, I, I think Brad touched on on this earlier with the bureaucracy of it. And I think may have brought up examples, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make it into NOTAMs. 
<laughs> or conversely, too much stuff makes it in there that isn't relevant. So we've all seen the reports of bird strikes or bird populations near the airport or cranes near the airport, not the not birds, but actual cranes that are, you know, six or seven miles away, <laughs> or the, just the codes that kind of meaningless to a lot of people. And a lot of it's stuff that a you're either going to get from ATC when you when you start up, or it's stuff that you, you know, it's just overpopulated. So if you're running an international flight plan, and you're picking up all the no temps from your airspace and your airports and your alternates, all of a sudden your flight briefing is massive. And there's risks there that you're not going to get that essential information there. And I don't think I don't think NOTAMs are ever going to go away. And I think there's a lot of good work going on to fix them and make them better. But at the end of the day, they're all still populated by those that are looking to cover what's going on at their airport, but cover in a, try to say the sensitive, but just cover, <laughs> cover themselves in, in a way that they know they've done their job. They don't fly though, right? So there's a lot of things that, that will impact an operation that don't make it into NOTAMs that is useful. So I don't think we're ever going to replace NOTAMs, but I do want us to be that secondary stop to say, hey, I covered what what the airport authority wants us to know. What do the other pilots that are flying here want me to know? And that's kind of that gap between, you know, what NOTAMs are and what what information we think pilots should have. Yeah. And that that's good. I, I think based on what you said, I mean I, I could see the situation where the NOTAM would say something pretty benign, like certain taxiway clothes or something like that. But then somebody at the airport ahead of you who actually interfaced with it and saw that it actually created an operational or safety challenge, that would be something in jump seat that unless you were there, like that one person was, you would never know. Mm-hmm. And to me, that seems, I mean, just invaluable to safety. And that's, that's really good foresight, it's especially, I think you brought up earlier, I mean, if you're going to an airport for the first time, at least I know when I did, especially an international one, I, I was a little anxious. It was like a big black hole to me in my mind. And to have this crowdsourced information, you know, people that have been there before, it feels like I'm a lot more familiar. I have better situation awareness and feel more comfortable going there. That, that, that's huge. I, I think, though, um, one thing that does come to mind and maybe some of the listeners, too. So you say it's crowdsourced. And sometimes when people get a platform, they just go off the rails, uh, especially, you know, some of the political stuff in, in, in the environment today. So do you moderate that or watch for that? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have some kind of automated uh, moderation and not in the sense of moderating like the full thing, but like we check for vulgar words, we check for like kind of things that really don't give an impact to like what we're trying to do or take away from the mission of what we're trying to give. Um, And then we put some human eyes on every single event that comes in, every single report that's made. So we are in real time screening digitally with some of our technology within our APIs and within our um, infrastructure itself to check for things that we know will flag right away and it won't even make it to jump seat itself. Um, and then from there, we can always just delete the report or reach out to the user, um, which has happened a few times because we get some things coming in that don't quite make sense. Um, and there's you know a myriad of examples. We have hundreds of them and we'll reach out directly to the users. And that's Ben, myself and our team saying, hey, what exactly did you mean here on this? And that's some of that moderation. So before it even makes it to the global feed or to that airport, it gets assigned towards um, an actual event. Uh, we've checked it a few different ways. Uh, so there's a there's some checks and balances in there. And that's not meant to be true moderation in that sense. It's purely just to make sure we're giving the right information and the best information to the community. And it's been working well so far. So we have a few things kind of in the works to help enhance that. And it's really going to set us up for some of the things we have kind of coming in the future, which is going to make the event even more richer and some of the information we have. Uh, but with that, we need to increase some of that checking that we do. Uh, it's probably one of our um, number one 
focuses that we have when we think about core principles delivering this crowdsource. Because like you said, you give people a platform and they may take it in a direction not intended. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing for us. <laughs> that, that, that's huge. And the fact that you, you, know, you keep the human touch in there so you don't dilute the mission. So you can stay on task. I think that's, that, that's awesome. But, but you mentioned, you, you, you said future in your statements. So I kind of want to know where is jump seat headed? So we, we gave a few examples, uh, business aviation, uh, how this would really be applicable to the single pilot, single operator, you know, single, single engine aircraft. I mean, anybody going to any airport, this, this is beneficial, but where, where are you guys headed or what's, what's in store for jump seat? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fun question because it it's kind of limitless, really. The directions we could go with jump seat and and we're built up in a way where we can pivot that direction if if we feel so so needed. So we've identified a few other spaces within aviation that we think we could expand to with some more specific features and functionality that would that would support that group. That's been in the works. We've we've had chats about expanding the information offering whether that's more information about airports within the app. We've actually even spoke about more socialization within the app. So how do we make it more of a, a social community? You know, right now the app, you report, you get your information, give it back. But how do we make it a place where people can, whether it's converse with each other or ask users of other airports what's going on in targeted questions? There's always the gamification route. So it's kind of a, a two a two pronged response where we know that there's little niches within the aviation industry we can work into and, and bring the same concept with jump seat with just a few a few feature changes and then also how do we you know how do we really bring this community together and you know a lot of times you see that the more involvement you get the more good information you get from your community so how do we build that community to a place that people people want to be a part of it rather than just report the information. We think that's enough there, but we really do want to figure out how to really drive the social side of, of JumpSeat as well, not just the crowdsourcing part of JumpSeat. Yeah and, yeah, and and tactically, right? Like there's there's a lot of things we could do from the event space. And I mean, there's a bunch of players in the game when it comes to sourcing kind of airport info. And that's not necessarily where we see ourselves going, um, but obviously providing as much information as we can within the app is vital to us. Um, we're not trying to moderate, you know, all airports worldwide. That feels like an insurmountable task. But where we want to really want to live is being the leader in event-driven information, right? Being the source. So it doesn't matter who you operate with or who your broker is or what FBO you use. It, it's irrelevant to us. What's important is the information that then makes it out to everybody else because we're not beholden to um, a single player in this. We really just want to be that one source. So like I said, it doesn't matter. Name one of the big companies. Um, the information usually stays with that company. And that's where we see us kind of bolstering that mission is with JumpSeat itself. Um, and then we want to make the event reporting process a little bit richer. Um, I think right now it's just, it's plain text. Um, we have a few upvote things, uh, but we also want to get it to where it's like Ben said, the social aspect of it. Uh, but with that also, we want to really go into more videos and images and actually attaching, you know, files to events so that you could say, oh, cool. here's yeah. the, here's the space I was talking about, or like, here's the runway or here's the issue. And you could attach a, a image to it. Right. Um, and not like it's supposed to be social media because that's not at all where we want to go, but I think a picture is worth, right. worth a thousand words. Um, so if we can type image with text and then a report, as well as ensuring that gets out to everybody that's needed. Um, we think there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and then, just create a really rich data environment for every user that we have. For sure. And if I, did I hear you right? All this awesomeness 
for free right now? I did just use it. Right. We are we are free on the iOS app store. So whether you have an iPad, a tablet, or you know even a new MacBook, uh, we are free. And that was you know a big part of the mission. We get asked a lot about monetization. Ben and I do, um, and call us kind of you know, young, old blowhards, but we, we think there's an opportunity for uh, disruption in the space. Um, I think a lot of pilots and a lot of people within aviation can attest to that they get uh, kind of nickel and dimed on certain things. And so we really yeah. wanted to change the paradigm there. And, you know, obviously technology is powerful and technology is efficient. And we had the opportunity to, I think, bring something that the industry has been craving. And if we can do it for free, and then especially without kind of riddling you with ads and you know, selling data, which we don't do, and we will never sell data. That's not something that Ben and I believe in. It's an exciting time, I think, and it just makes, you know, jumps it even more powerful. Indeed, it's huge, huge. And what I'm excited to say is we're going to bring this wonderfully crowdsourced data into Baldwin, and we're going to be the first. I'm so excited about that. Uh, for, for the Baldwin clients, it's going to be part of the frat. So when you pull up or you type in the airport, uh, other than getting the weather, you're going to get this, if you opt in, uh, you're going to get this wonderful jump seat information. Man, that's totally exciting. Uh, but right now, uh, the way the, the first iteration is that if you have something to report, we're just going to tell you to go to their wonderfully beautiful app and submit it in. But you can have that information at your fingertips while you are planning your flight. And I just, I mean, I see a lot of people jumping on this and getting this information into other applications. I'm just, I'm, I'm really thrilled <laughs> to be the first. It, it's so exciting. And I mean, to work with you two and your vision, I mean, it's just, it's been, I mean, it's just been wonderful. So is there anything else you guys want to say about this product? I think it's, it's been a really exciting, I don't think we mentioned anywhere that, you know, we launched in December of, of 2021. It's been exciting to see the response from the community. And I think Jason, you and, and Baldwin really have been kind of the spearhead of that excitement and seeing, you know, what Brad and I have honestly been working on for uh, closing in on four years now, kind of come to life and realize that the the thought we had was, is, is certainly being justified by the industry. Everybody who gets their hands on it is super interested. The feedback's been incredible and we just want to see the community grow. So it's, it's really exciting for us to be able to, you know, expose the data we have to another segment that we haven't, you know, tapped into yet. And then that just, that paves the way for users of Baldwin in the future to now get to tap into information from users of, of company B, right? There's just so much potential to, to really make big waves with the information we get and the, and the, community that we can reach. So we couldn't be more happier in working with you and Baldwin. And we've enjoyed everything so far about the launch of Jumpseat. I mean, yeah, we're, we're ecstatic. And this partnership with you, um, Jason specifically, being such a believer in this and Don as well. I think he, Don was, fun story, Don was very, very early on from an adoption for Jumpseat. We put out a uh, stay informed about what we're doing. I think Ben was at a year ago, maybe 18 months ago. Yeah. And Don put his email in. He's one of the like top 10 people that put his email in. <laughs> You know, we were just like, I, I think we're on to something and, you know, proof is in the pudding. I think, you know, like 18 months later and actually really like Ben said, almost four years now later, uh, we're excited to have this partnership. We're excited to increase the jumpsuit user base and then to, you know, share information, which is you know, our entire mission. Obviously, Baldwin being the first, uh, we could be happier and, and more excited for this launch. As are we uh, super excited to have you guys be part of Baldwin, um, to have that information. I think is absolutely critical for our clients. I mean, it, it's going to be, to me, a game changer. But I'm really, really excited to see where you guys are going to be going. And I see this uh, just being a huge thing. You know, uh, Brad, you, uh, you mentioned being a disruptor. I can, I can totally see that. But guys, thank you so much 
for your time. Yeah. Um, really a pleasure having you here. Thank you. I know you guys are busy because you're running Saving the World, but <laughs> thanks for taking the time to, uh, to spend it here at the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. I look forward to the future. Thanks, thanks guys. It's been awesome. Thanks for having us. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit BaldwinSMS.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.